0: to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience.
1: Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in to Shy Sox Weekly, presented to you by White Sox Nation and Wagon Enterprises. Today is episode 17 and I am John Suarez, joined with you by my co-host Tony Marchese.
0: Tony, how you doing today, man? John, it's an off day. I am doing quite well as always. How are you? I'm doing
1: good. The number seventeen's got me reminiscing a little bit. What I would do to be seventeen again? People don't want to know. That was a that was probably the prime of my life right there, and I hope it was a great time for many of our listeners because that's like the high school age where you get the parents' car, maybe your own car. You go to the parties. Like that was a fun time in my life. So seventeen has got me reminiscing. So that's how I'm doing, Tony. How about John, you, John?
0: John, were you hitting dingers at seventeen?
1: I actually quit baseball when I was 15, unfortunately, because uh, I'm not even trying to get, like, personal with it, but I needed money, so <laughs> I had to work instead of playing baseball over the summer, unfortunately, but it happens, that's life, and life throws you a curveball, and hopefully it's not a Lucas Giolito curveball, because if they do that, you can put it on the moon.
0: What's going on over there, man? I, just I don't know. Like heard that, creeping. Right? <laughs> We might have to redo that.
1: Um, so we no, we're, we're going to leave that in. With... I
0: want to know. You might need to go check on that.
1: I might have to. We were talking about this before we started recording, but I actually live in like not the greatest area, so there is an alley right outside the window that I happen to do most of my recording, and it sounds like the hoodlums are out there partaking in some 17-year-old type activities. What do you say, Tony?
0: Well, they're just you know, getting ready to listen to chi Sex Weekly episode 17.
1: I highly doubt it,
0: <laughs> but let's do it.
1: So we right. got a lot that we want to talk with to you guys uh today about. Um we actually want to lead off with Shy Sox Weekly is having our very first contest. Tony, how excited are you for this contest?
0: I am pretty damn excited. Why don't you tell the listeners what we're doing?
1: Yeah, so the contest that we have for everybody is uh it's a three-parter. So what it is is we are going to have one of our fans on as a guest for our episode, and have him as the guest for the whole entire episode. You know, that episode is his, whatever he wants to talk about. We will obviously talk White Sox baseball with you, but we would love to just get one of the fans on, and we just think it'd be a cool idea to interact with the fans and get everybody, you know, kind of involved. So the stipulations of this contest will be, one, me and Tony, or Tony and I cannot personally know you in real life. So, like, while it would be awesome to have a couple of our buddies on and whatever, that's not really what you guys want to hear, or maybe what you guys want to hear. But what we want to do is we want to give everybody the opportunity, a fair opportunity to be on the show. Two, you have to be following the podcast Twitter. I do not care, and this is very important, I don't care if you follow Tony or I on Twitter, which, I mean, if you do, that's, that's great. Speaking of, but follow
0: you, us. If you're following yeah. me and you're not following John, follow John.
1: It's, it's more John, so yeah.
0: Yeah, it's more so the other way around. Follow me as well, but uh, make sure you're following. Yeah, let's get my followers up, but let's get the podcast followers up as well. Uh, So, yes, you have to be following the podcast Twitter.
1: Yes, so that is stipulation number two. The third and final stipulation will be you have to be subscribed to the podcast, whether it be on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. I don't really care. Whatever you feel like you need to subscribe to us on, Once you are done with all of that, once you have a screenshot of you following the pod, once you have a screenshot of you subscribed to our podcast, we will enter you into this little hat that we have for the drawing. We're hoping to get at least a good amount of names in here, people. Um, But that isn't it. So while you will get to enjoy an episode with the Shy Sox Weekly crew, get to know what it's like behind the scenes, which I'm sure some of you would be dying to find out. Oh, it's Um, so fun. (laughs) It is. It's a lot of fun, guys. Trust me. So we're not only going to do that. I went to the White Sox game a couple weeks ago, and they were doing their uh, 1993 pennant giveaway. So I have an John extra
0: doesn't. John doesn't remember that I was there with him during this game. He does not remember that, though.
1: I actually—no, yeah, I do remember that you were there. I just don't remember going into the park with you. I, for some reason, I got two pennants. Oh, my brother was there. My brother's a Cubs fan, and he didn't want it. So I have an extra pennant lying around. So we're gonna throw that into the mix for a prize of whoever wins this contest. So it's a pretty big contest, people. I mean, we haven't had a contest all year. We've been wanting to do something like this. So other than that, I'm done rambling. Tony, the floor is yours.
0: Well, we're just really excited to have somebody on with us, and you are more than welcome to partake in adult beverages while we record. It's one of the Unless you're underage, we don't unless condone you're underage, it. unless you're underage, we do not condone underage drinking as we learned in a previous episode it's not cool with us but this contest is open to everybody there is there is really no age limit maybe maybe 13 13 sounds like a good, good yeah number, I mean, a good bar to set it at if um, we have
1: listeners under the age of 13 i'm honestly like i'd be shout impressed. out your parents for not paying attention to what you listen to and shout out to us for having that big of an outreach
0: uh, but yeah, we're we're excited. Uh, now, moving on a little bit. Uh, well, first, get in the contest. Do what John says. We want to have you on. Uh, moving on, though. We've got a lot of White Sox content that we want to talk about today. We're going to get into the first sweep of the year. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Yankees series a little bit. And we're also going to talk about uh, a guy that we may be worried about.
1: Oh, my God, Tony. We have to get into this?
0: Yes, we do. We have to get into this. And we'll save it for the back end. We've got some interesting stuff to talk about this guy.
1: We sure do. Um, I like to call him Mr. Not August. So I don't know if you guys know that Reggie Jackson is Mr. October. Yoan Mankata is Mr. Not August. He has been having an all-time slump. I want to say he's like one for almost 30 in his last 30 at-bats. He just cannot get on base in the month of August so far. So that's my take on that.
0: Well, save it for a little bit later. We're going to get into it. The first thing I want to bring up, though, on the last episode, and you tweeted about this and you covered it yourself, uh, and this is at the forefront on everybody's minds these days, uh, you promised something to our listeners. What did you promise? I, sure did. I
1: actually promised two things. And I was, like, really, really drunk. And I went back and listened to it, and I was like, eh, shouldn't have promised one of those things. So the the one promise that I made that I actually, honest to God, thought was, like, going to pull through was I promised our listeners that Michael Kopeck or Elohim Meadows, not both, just one or the other, was going to be up by august 3rd it is now august 9th as we're recording this and i also made a double take promise that one of them would be up by august 10th which is in three hours and that's not fucking happening so just stop listening to me guys i had a hunch you know there's a lot that went into it um one of the things being rick han was in charlotte um like right before i made that tweet just like you know visiting the knights and Eli jimenez was on an all-time tear in AAA, so I kind of thought that that warranted the call up, and then they go and call up uh, Ryan Lamar when Lurie got hurt. And I get what they're doing though, because they're not trying to call Eloy up for a little cup of coffee and send him back down, and then call him back up in September. You know, you, we're going to see these guys regardless at some point this year. The roster do has you to really, transition.
0: Do you really think that we're going to see him this year though? Let's get this out of the way because no, I do. I, we I do. we really, I really haven't really do. I we do. We really haven't hashed this out because. If you've paid attention to White Sox Twitter over the past week, that's all it's, it is. it's a shit show right now of people taking stances on, uh, on one the Yohan Mankata kind of thing, but also the what do we do with Eloy and Kopech. There's
1: other people that think they can beat me in a home run derby, and it's just like the Twitter has been you know, crazy this last know, week. We're going
0: to get into the home run derby thing <laughs> as well. Let's slow down a little bit here. Let's talk about, Mon- uh, about Eloy and Kopech. And you, you're saying that we're going to see him this year. Now, I do understand the point of keeping them down and manipulating the service time for next year. It's a very valid argument to me to say, hey, let's have that extra year of control because what's the money situation going to look like when we have to resign all these guys? They're all going to be up around the same time for a contract renewal. You're going to have Moncada, Kopek, uh, just as the stars, uh, uh, Eloy, you've got um, whoever else is going to be due for a contract renewal. This is all going to come to a head all at once, unless they buy out the arbitration years for some of these guys and sign them to long-term extensions like they did with Tim Anderson. And I'd hope that that's what they do, but a lot of these guys, as high profile as they are, I don't think they're going to be candidates to do that, unless for some reason the Sox actually use some money to pay off the bat right here for them that makes it you know worthwhile for them to buy out those arbitration years and stay longer uh right away but the only way they'd be
1: able to is if they get them to buy in early you know like they did with timmy you have the like cup of tea you got the like half a good year and hey let's sign that extension because we want to keep you around we want to get you paid like all this stuff
0: right But the message, and I get it, the message that they're sending right now, though, is that they may want to stick around and have that extra year of control. I personally don't think that Rick Hahn has made up his mind yet on what he wants to do. Uh, I think part of it is the fact that you don't really know what the landscape of the AL Central is going to be next year do they kind of try and maybe piece something together a little bit over the off season? I don't know if the time is there yet. The performance certainly on the field right now, isn't, uh, I would say enticing to a free agent to come here. Certainly not. I heard the argument this morning that, uh, if you want to bring up Eloy and you want to bring up Kopek and kind of compete through September, it would be more attractive for a free agent to come. I don't really buy that either too much. Um, this year's kind of a wash at this point. I think if they were going to do that, it would have been earlier in the season. Um, and I really don't think that you know having having Eloy Kopech up for September with a little cup of coffee and burning that extra year service time is really a, a smart move at that rate, unless you want to keep these guys playing uh, through the end of September when the minor league season ends, if that's something that they want to do. The other thing you have to look at is – where are they going to cap Kopeck's innings at? You know, does do they want to shut him down soon?
1: Like I said arc? way earlier on record on Shy Sox Weekly, this is—I don't think it was last episode. I think it was two episodes ago. I think that Kopech, if he were to come up this year, the best served role for him would be in the bullpen. And I mean, I'm, that's just that's personal belief. That's my own opinion. I just personally think that would be the best way to ease him into major league play. And then next year, obviously, there's going to be a spot in the rotation. You know, you're not going to see James Shields. You're not going to see Miguel Gonzalez. If they go out and they pick someone up, you know, it's good for them. But I honestly think that by opening day, we're going to see Michael Kopech. I mean, no, 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 not opening day. You're not going to see that. But you are going to see him way earlier in the year than you're planning on seeing him this year. Obviously, it's already August 9th. You know, a lot of people thought we were going to see him by July-ish or on the trade deadline. Same with Eloy. You know, Eloy actually was the one that burned through the minors this year starting in Double A. But he was the one that when we got him started in high A Winston-Salem, Michael Kopech started in Birmingham. So his progression has actually been a little bit in front of Eloy's. And he's also a little bit older than Eloy, I'm pretty sure. I think he's like a year older. I mean, we went over this last episode, but he's like a year older than Eloy, too. So, obviously, you have to play the whole age role into it, and you have to play all that into it. But realistically, by September, like I said, that roster goes from 25 to 40, and if you don't have a spot as Rick Hahn, as Rick Renteria, as the White Sox front office, if you do not have a spot for those two guys on your roster, what the hell are you doing?
0: You're saving them for April fifteenth, two 2019. That's, that's exactly what you're doing. I mean, let's be real, we wanted to see these guys at the beginning of this year. I mean, there were people calling for Eloy to start the season with the White Sox. So So
1: if we're gonna but like if you're gonna go into the whole control thing, when did Mankata get called up? He got called up like mid July, right? Late July. Right. right. So why'd we burn his control year if we're like afraid to do it with all we these other guys? I don't think They didn't
0: really burn his control year. They opened up spots for Montcada to come up over over the trade that they made with the Yankees. There was room for him to come up in the infield at that point in time. And I think that that's, that's something that the White Sox didn't really have the luxury of doing this year because yeah, they didn't they, have anybody that was movable.
1: And that's another thing is if Abusel Garcia doesn't get hurt, he's not on the White Sox right now. And Eloy Jimenez probably is. So that's another interesting point that you made that because of the trades that we were able to make that unclogged the path for Yoam and Cotter to get up last year, I'm not really worried about them like wasting the control on them being September call-ups because I would rather them get a taste of the MLB right now, while they still can. You know, while winning games doesn't matter. Instead of throwing them straight into the fire, into pressure, like, oh yeah, let's call them up when we're actually starting to compete.
0: Well, do you? No, really, I would much rather not, them well, well, like get them the in right the, right the, now you got to get now you got to get into the you got to get into the fact that are we really even going to be competing next year? We've talked no, about this a few different I don't different think we times. are. I, don't, I mean,
1: going into this year, I really thought that we could have been like a dark horse wild card. And honestly, with the AL Central, you you did know, not we, can, think...
0: we can compete. No, next year. Next year, not well, this year. Well, you didn't think that we could have competed this year. And I go back to I the never argument. once did. I never once thought we could compete
1: this year. I and that's obviously proven correctly.
0: I'm on record that, hey... We got to pull the yeah, tape. It was say or eight whatever. games
1: under 500 or some shit.
0: Yeah, I, no, I think I said we were going to be hovering around 500. And boy, do I look like an idiot now. But I think we got to go back and pull the tape on what MLB the show projected for the White Sox. We, we're going to be very close. And I think we both laughed at how bad that projection was to begin with. And it's becoming a reality. I want to say there was something that was about 66 wins. Yeah, but it's like coming into that,
1: I mean, like we had a lot of Lucas Giolito spring training optimism when we recorded that. We had a lot of Wellington Castillo wasn't suspended when we recorded that. We had a whole lot of Jose Abreu wasn't going to – Jose Abreu is a whole other thing I want to talk about, how the dude literally puts up these fantastic numbers. But if you watch game to game to game – I'm not the biggest Jose Abreu guy. I don't think he comes through in clutch situations like he normally should. He did the other day, so we're going to talk about that as well. But that was like, I was shocked that he did that. He doesn't come through in the clutch like he, like a like a top-tier
0: Jose Abreu, superstar should. Jose Abreu his numbers is the, the garbage-time player. He is a yes, garbage-time His time numbers
1: player. in the second half of the year are astonishing opposed to his numbers in the first half of the year, and that's any year that he's played for the White Sox. And I think weather, honestly, has a, a factor in that.
0: Is there like a cat dying behind you?
1: There's a lot dying behind me, Tony. Okay, I'm actually looking out my window and like locking eyes with some dude that's just like giving me the fucking look right now. <laughs> so, well, we're getting I'm a little sh- worried
0: about John's safety. Um, I, don't be
1: worried about my safety. It's never that. It's just like I'm worried about the audio quality of this podcast as this guy continues to look at me. <laughs> now it's getting awkward. Invite him in. I might. I'm. I got a beer in my hand. I'm kind of holding it up, giving. You want a beer? I'm going to go grab another beer, Tony. I'll be right back.
0: All right. And we're going to go to a quick break while John grabs another beer. We'll be right back. And we are back. John, low-key, took a bathroom break there. Uh, it was a little bit longer of a break than I was imagining. It was it's high-key eight- now. It's high-key now. Uh, yeah, so that's number one on the night, if you're counting at home. Uh, Where did we leave off there, John?
1: That's actually number two. I took one like while we were getting the rundown going before we started recording. So It's actually my fourth beer, so that might play a little bit of a role. And I was at work all day, and I didn't really pee while I was at work, so I had to get that after work pee in. But let's not talk about my bladder schedule right now. Um, where did we leave off, Tony? I forgot.
0: Well, before we were rudely interrupted by whatever's going on outside of your house...
1: Which I found uh, out is like a block party in the an alley, and I don't understand what they're doing. They all have... They have their own beer, by the way. That's good they to know. That's Casey- probably why he denied me, and that's why he counter-offered... Rightfully pass, but
0: I don't know. Well, we're just going to keep rolling. Let's move it on to what was the next thing in our rundown, John? We were going to talk about how the White Sox
1: finally swept a team, and they hadn't done so in almost a year. So we were going to kind of break that down for everybody to give everybody kind of an idea of how bad
0: this team's been.
1: Yeah, that, (laughs) that, pretty much.
0: (laughs) And why that was such a big accomplishment at the same time. So the White Sox swept the Rays, and one of the good things about sweeping the Rays is that there's been a lot of talk, especially in that uh, that 108 poll that we discussed last week, uh, that the Rays have made some very smart moves while the Sox have made some not-so-smart moves. Some of these wins, the offense really showed up to. Uh, they did. Especially... The last game, uh, that 8-7 to seven victory, uh, you like it when the White Sox put up eight runs. We really haven't done that much this year. And you did bring up in spring training when we were talking about kind of the, the forecast of the year. One of the things that I was very impressed with in spring training was the ability to, for the White Sox to score 10 or more runs. And we really haven't seen that from the Sox this year. So putting up eight runs uh, in a ball game for the White Sox offense, that's a pretty encouraging sign.
1: It is. So to kind of give our listeners a bit of an idea, the White Sox last recorded three-game or more sweep. They did sweep. I want to say it was the Twins or the Royals earlier in the year in like a two-game set. I don't count that for a sweep. That does not count. It has to be at least three games for it to be a sweep, in my opinion. Um, that was the White Sox' first three- or more-game sweep of an opponent since they swept the Houston Astros Dating back to it, it's actually today. It was August 6th to August 9th of 2017. They swept the Houston Astros, who then went on to win the World Series, which I thought was, like, a freaking bizarre stat, dude. Like, Sox nerd, I should have tweeted at him with that stat because, like, that is something that, like, when you're reading it, it's like, oh, my God, really? So the White Sox – played a total of, I had the number earlier, I want to say they played a total of like 68 different series with teams before they actually swept another opponent again, which is baffling.
0: Absolutely baffling. And just to bring up how bad this team is, they are currently sitting at 41-73 and on the year, 23 games out of first place. And if you really want to look at how bad this division is overall right now, Kansas City is six games behind the White Sox at 35-79. and 79.
1: That's just not even cool, man.
0: No, not <laughs> at all. But here's, here's where I want to take this to. We talk about, and you brought this up just a little bit ago, can the White Sox compete next year? Look at this division. Detroit, 47 and 68 right now. Kansas City, obviously, 35 and 79. The Sox, 41 and 73. Minnesota, 53 and 61. And the only team that's above 500 is the first place Cleveland Indians sitting at 64 and 50. Hold on, Tony.
1: Before before you kind of go out and like branch that off, I want to get a little bit of an idea because I don't know the exact stat on it. But I know for a fact, regardless of, t- of Detroit's record, regardless of the Indians' record, regardless of the Twins and the Royals' record, we still cannot do one thing, which is very important. Regardless of how bad those teams are, we cannot win our head to head matchups with our inner division opponents. We haven't been able to for years. That is no, like one we of the White biggest struggles as they cannot win against the AL Central, which except is now Except for Kansas City.
0: Except for except Kansas, Kansas City. City, yeah.
1: I'll give you that. And, and honestly, we honestly kind of struggled with them this past series. Whether we won two out of the three or not, we still we struggled did. with them as a whole.
0: Well, actually, they, they, took, they, easily they, lost they took two, two of out of three. three. They took two out of three from us. No, I know they
1: did. I know they did. I said whether we won two out of three or not, they could have easily lost two of those games instead of winning two of those games. So like, they played them too close, in my opinion.
0: No, they beat us two out of three.
1: The Royals did Yeah, no, you're right.
0: Fuck, I'm an idiot. But the White exactly. Sox... So that's
1: that's proof right there. It's like if you go and pull their head-to-head record against the Indians this year, they're terrible. If you go and pull their head-to-head record against the Royals this year, that's probably the only interdivision opponent that they have a winning record against.
0: Well, that's what needs to change. That's what needs to change next year. And regardless, to. regardless of who we're playing... If the Sox want to take advantage of the AL Central next year, they're going to have to make free agent signings. And we were talking about this is, this is where we left off. They're going to need to make free agent signings. They're going to need to play smart baseball. And we haven't seen smart baseball this year. I don't understand how a rebuilding team has not been focused on fundamental baseball all year. You've seen that defense look very shaky at times. Uh, Tim Anderson, I know everybody wants to bitch about his defense. Jones made some really terrible plays. Yomer's been holding the corner quite well. And Jose Abreu's about a league average first baseman. The outfield at times has been very suspect. Uh, Outside of Adam Engel robbing home runs nonstop. uh, You really haven't seen stellar defensive play. I think a lot of the problems that we've kind of run into, not only does the offense seem to struggle from time to time and just go completely cold, you've really had a below average defense. And at that rate, you got to kind of wonder, like, what are these guys doing? Like, Is Ricky really preaching fundamental baseball, or are these guys just not really getting it? Are they in their own heads at this point in time that this season's lost and not trying? But if they're going to take advantage of 2019 in a weak division, which I think that they can make a wild card run right now, if things kind of fall their way, and if they would, in my opinion, they would be stupid not to, to try and seize this moment and go after something, they're going to need to play smarter.
1: You're not wrong. I'm not, no. I mean, everything you just said was right. I still don't think that the contention window is going to be open next year. Even if it is open next year, it'll be us against the Indians. And it really depends on who we sign in the off season. And I don't think Rick Hahn's really ready to break out the paycheck yet or the pay or the checkbook yet. Jesus. But I I really, really think that after next year, kind of like Clinton had said prior when he was on our show, uh, he said that they're going to go after Nolan Arenado. I really think that they got to key in on some key marquee free agents next off season, not the one coming up this year, but the one in the next off season and the next year, they have to spend—and, like, the, the fact that—I mean, Jake Berger pushed this rebuild a little bit back, its window a little bit back. You know, all these injuries, Luis Roberts' progression pushed it a little bit back. Dane Dunning. So—Dane Dunning, exactly. We have to get these kids, the Michael Kopek, the Alec Hansen if he's healthy, the Eloy Jimenez— the Basabi if we can. We have to get these kids their major league cup of tea while these games still do not matter, people. We have to. That is literally imperative. Because if we throw them into the fire, they are going to be with they're going to be playing with an insurmountable amount of nerves that they probably wouldn't have been playing with prior to like if they were coming in like if, if Eli were to be called up right now, I don't think there would be too much pressure on that young man. If Michael Kopech were to be called up right now, it's a little bit of a different scenario, but I don't think there would be too much pressure on him, opposed to if you're calling him up in May and our record moving forward still matters. If we're at the 500 mark or whatever in May, and you know they want to move forward to be maybe a buyer-seller at the trade deadline, like something like that, you can't be throwing these young kids with, with no experience whatsoever into the mix because it's going to mess with their head.
0: No, I, I, I agree there. Uh, but I still don't – I just don't foresee them coming up right now. It, it just
1: – I really do. I do. And I I just – and it's, it's so opinion-based at this point. Nobody has knowledge. Nobody knows anything. Not even Eloy Jimenez or Michael Kopech know anything. If, they, if Like they both literally went on record over the past week saying, I don't know what the boxes are I have to check. Oh, but I'm going to continue to do what I have to do to check them.
0: So do you want to talk about checking boxes a little bit
1: here? I I don't want to talk about checking boxes, Tony, because that whole scenario is just – it's not only confusing to us. It's confusing to them. And like the fact that these kids don't even know what quote-unquote boxes they have to check worries me because it's like what are you really talking with them like, why aren't you going over what box X is or box Y? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Eli Jimenez literally said the other day, I don't know what boxes I have to check, but I'm going to still continue to keep playing my hardest.
0: So, John, you're a working man, right?
1: Yes, blue collar. You, you go, you go to well. work.
0: You go to work. Do you know what your job is?
1: I do every day. I right. know what I have to go do and have- do. I know exactly what I have to do to get in and out. I know what I have to do to make a certain amount of money. And that's just how your job works, you know? Same with you.
0: Yeah, I go to work. I have goals that are set for me, goals that I set for myself. I know what I need to do to make the next level in my career. And you're right. That's a little bit frustrating to see that kind of attitude that these players have displayed towards I don't even know what I need to do to make the next level. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what boxes I have to check. I don't know what envelopes I need to push.
1: (laughs) I don't know what it is. Wait, hold on. Can we make that a thing?
0: (laughs) Can we make what a thing?
1: Pushing the envelope.
0: Pushing the envelope? I think that's what he said last year. Didn't he say we had, or was that forcing the issue?
1: I think it was, it's definitely forcing the issue because I've heard that, I hear that shit in my sleep, dude. Force the issue.
0: Rick Hahn's voice telling you that you need to force the issue? Force the issue. (laughs) Force the issue. I'm going to get I'm gonna get the audio for "Force the Issue" uh, from from Rickon. I'll, I'll oh, play it. 100
1: percent. Slide it in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, "Force the Issue." Pushing the envelope. I think I think they need to push the envelope. I, I'm hoping that Luis Robert, Robert needs to push Robert. the enve- Push the envelope. I got that right. I corrected myself. You did. I'll I listen. corrected myself. All right. We're going to move on from talking about prospects because at this point in time, if you are on White Sox Twitter or you follow the White Sox, uh, all you've heard about for the past two weeks is box checking and when's Eloy coming up and when's Kopeck coming up, and none of us know. None of us know. Uh, so we are going to move on, uh, and we're going to talk about the Yankees series. Now oh, do we have to, Tony? I think we have to talk have to. about the Yankees. I don't want to, but we have to. So I fucking hate the Yankees. Uh, I, I, I hate the doesn't? Cubs. If you like
1: the Yankees, turn the podcast off right now. We will spare your viewership. We don't need that type of negativity in our lives.
0: No. Uh, the Yankees are the evil empire. They always have been. Um, I I don't know how anybody outside of New York likes the Yankees. Uh, I, maybe, it's, maybe it's the fact that we're White Sox fans. And to us, Cubs fans piss me off. And there's two teams that I just despise more than anything else, and that's the Cubs and the Yankees. So I did not like watching any of this series. It was probably the epitome of bad White Sox baseball. Uh, We got our asses handed to us.
1: We sure did. And honestly, one of those games I had a very small glimpse of hope. I did. And that would have been the Ronaldo-Lopez start that was game number two. So we'll get to that in a little bit. We're going to start off with game number one, which was not fun to watch.
0: No, it was pretty much over almost right away. Um, I
1: literally, game one and game three, I was at work for both of them actually. And I walked over, saw the score game one, walked away for two minutes, come back, blowout. Game three, Walk away. Sox are up two nothing. Come back down six two. I, I don't know what happened in those like very small fractions of time. I actually caught like innings four on for every single game of the Yankee series, and that's honestly how it is for most of my White Sox games, which is trash. But that's just because I have a shitty job right now. But I, dude.
0: Phew. Well, you know what? Dylan Covey did come out and start the game quite well. So did Giolito,
1: and then you get to that second time through the order, that third time through the order, and they, they don't know what they're doing.
0: No, and, and this is one of the things about Dylan Covey that I'm going to go on record. I know that there's a lot of people who sit there and say that D- Dylan Covey has a chance to be a long-term starter in this rotation, and for a while Dylan Covey looked like he was going to be the the find of this year. Uh, that's kind of lost its luster for me. Uh, He's shown good spots uh, of of brightness, but I think that Dylan Covey could actually end up being your, your long, uh, long reliever on a competing team, maybe going two or three innings. I actually want that. I I want that for Dylan Covey. I think that two or three innings of Dylan Covey uh, can keep you in a ball game, can stop the bleeding, but, Having him in there long term uh as a starter ugh, it it's it's not really working uh he has plus stuff uh I, I, his two seamers pretty phenomenal uh he's got a lot of movement on his pitches that stuff plays in the bullpen it, it plays as a starter too but it seems like guys figure him out quite quick like you said second time through the order i I just don't foresee him sticking. Uh, he did strike out five in that game and only walked one. So the control was kind of there, but he did give up four runs. Uh, they got him out of there early in the seventh inning. Um, you know, and that's the other thing that about this rotation this year is we haven't really seen guys go deep into ball games. Uh, you'd like to see that change next year. Um, cause Ricky Renteria's bullpen usage has just been god awful in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's—we could probably have a whole entire episode on Rick Rancarita's bullpen usage because right when it seems like he's kind of figuring it out, he'll do something, and I'm just like, oh, dude, come on. Like, I mean, I, this is going to date back to a, like a month or two ago when he threw Chris Volstead in after just pitching him like 46 pitches the night before, or two nights before. Literally threw Chris Volstead in for like three fucking innings, and he pitched terribly— And then he throws him right back in in the heart of a game that was super important. I can't remember the exact game it was, dude. I'm sorry, and it's escaping my memory right now, and that might be the four beers I've had. But he throws Volstead in. He leaves Volstead in for, like, Volstead goes into the dugout, sits with the team, comes back out, and tries to pitch the next inning, and blows the lead. What did you expect was going to happen in that situation? You have. Like yeah, exactly. So like, I mean, there's certain like there has been four or five different times during this year where I've literally sat there and been like, "What the hell are you doing, Ricky?" With the bullpen alone. What in the hell are you doing? There's been like 30 times. I've He's done gonna that get alone the what are year. you
0: what in the hell are you doing this week? He is.
1: He's gonna get a whole lot of those, dude. Because that, and I mean, that's your
0: that's a new segment for us. The what in the hell are you doing segment? And that it goes to Ricky Renteria. How many times, like, I, I, I forget which game it was this week as well. You're down, like, four or five runs already. And it's the ninth inning, and he's making pitching changes.
1: Unfriggin' believable.
0: What in the hell are you Couldn't, doing?
1: Yeah. I, dude. Here's a question. The game, Here, pace of play. Question. Doesn't care.
0: Here's, no, doesn't care about pace of play. Here's my question for you. John, is Rick Renteria managing the White Sox when they're in the playoffs?
1: All right. So I have gone on record saying, like, talking about this. Actually, on Sean and Maya in the morning, I went on record talking about this. They asked me if I thought that Rick Renteria was going to be the manager of the future. And they asked me, like, why does he deserve to be the manager of the future? All right. So... I'm not going to really even change so my take. I want to chug
0: s- a beer here while we listen to your explanation.
1: No, you're good. I am going to stick with my guns and stay with my original explanation, and, th- and that explanation was Ricky Renteria has given me every single bit of information that I have needed for me to understand that he can be the manager of the next White Sox playoff team. The All reason right, you, being... Yeah,
0: lay it out. Lay it out for the listeners.
1: The reason being, no, the reason being is it go. It stretches way back. It stretches back to when he managed the Cubs, he kind of got the broad end of the stick and got a really shitty team to manage, and then the next year the Cubs make the playoffs because they called up the right people. You know, Joe Madden did make a difference. I'm not going to sit there and say that he didn't, but Rick Renteria could have easily managed that Cubs team the next year that he got fired to the playoffs, just like Joe Man did. So that's number one, is you got to kind of put him in like, you gave him nothing really to work with. I mean, you gave him something, but you didn't really give him too much to work with that first like year that he was in. This is his second year now, so I don't know. There's a lot to, that goes into it, but I think the one main thing being is that he is fluent in Spanish. He speaks Spanish very well. He is actually his his dominant language is Spanish, and a lot of these prospects: Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, you know, Micah Adolfo, Luis Alexander Basabe. A lot of these guys are overseas guys that are going to need somebody that they're comfortable with, that they're comfortable hearing plays from, that they're comfortable hearing sequences from. Everything, no matter what it may be. Why do you think? I mean, and this is just a take. Why do you think Reynaldo Lopez is pitching better than Lucas Giolito right now? There's obviously a communication barrier going on.
0: You can't go on record and tell me that Reynaldo Lopez is pitching better because Rick Renteria speaks Spanish better than he speaks I didn't mean it. I
1: didn't mean it like that. Oh, that, that is a hot like take. That. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. But I'm saying that makes a difference, dude. Like being able to talk your native tongue and being comfortable on the mound, that makes a huge difference, dude. It does. It really does. So I really think that him being able to speak Spanish is going to keep him around a lot longer than people want him to be around. And I really, I would like to see Rick Renteria be the manager of that first White Sox team and see what he can do. If he, if he's not able to take that next step and to get over the hump, because he doesn't really have that managerial experience in the playoffs. He doesn't have any situation like that. All he really has is his cup of tea with the Cubs and then whatever he's doing right now with the White Sox. So, He has to get his opportunity. He's going to earn his opportunity. It's not going to come next year. It's probably going to come the year after if he's even still around. And I honestly – I'm not saying I hope he is, but if he still is, I'll understand why he's still around.
0: All right. You gave me a a little idea here. Um, We're going to do quick hits with Shy Sox Jonda. Are you ready, John?
1: Actually, I'm not. I have
0: to pee. All right. We're going to go to break, and we're going to come back. (laughs) And we're going to do quick hits with Shy Socks Janda when we and get it. back. And we're back on Shy Sox Weekly. That was bathroom break numero trace for John. We are reloaded. I've got another another Necron 99 from Three Floyds uh, poured in my glass. And we're about to do some quick hits. Uh, John, are you ready for quick hits with Shy Sox Jonda?
1: I'm ready. This might be a new segment. Hit me, Tony.
0: All right. I'm going to feed you some questions here, John. You're going to respond back with an answer to one of these. We're going to get to know Shy Sox Jonda a little bit better through this. All right. Here we go. Manager, Ozzie Guillen or Rick Renteria? Ozzy. Billy Koch or Keith Fulk, Closer.
1: Oh, God. Keith Fulk.
0: Nick Madrigal or Yon Mancata?
1: <sighs> oh, my God.
0: Quick hits, quick hits. Let's go. Quick hits, quick hits. Mankata. Joe Borchard or Brian Anderson?
1: <sighs> Brian Anderson.
0: DH or no DH? DH. All day. Maglio Ordonez or Carlos Lee?
1: Mags. Oh, we, oh
0: ballpark food hot dogs or peanuts hot dogs easy steroids or no steroids in baseball
1: give me the needle
0: family guy or south park family guy walk-off home run or bases loaded save
1: wait what uh walk-off dinger
0: boxers or briefs
1: briefs currently sporting some
0: Modelo and cans or bottles
1: <sighs>
0: bottles ketchup or no ketchup
1: i what a hot dog Or a burger. I mean, if it's a hot dog, no ketchup. If it's anything else, ketchup.
0: Big League Chew or Double Bubble? Big League Chew. Parents on the first date or after the first date? After the first date. Snapchat or Facebook?
1: Snapchat. You should ask Snapchat or Twitter because that would have actually been hard.
0: Razor or Electric Shaver?
1: Both. Razor for the face, Electric Shaver for the continue on to the next question.
0: Bobby Jenks or Shingo Takatsu? Oh, my God, you asshole. Uh, Bobby Bobby Drake's, Paul Canerico, Frank Thomas. All
1: right, everybody's going to hate me for this because it's quick hits, but I have to give a background on this. I was born in 1996, so I'm going to say Pauly K. I grew up on Pauly K. The obvious answer is Frank Thomas, but I'm going
0: to say Pauly K. Rom-com or scary
1: movie? (sighs) Rom-com. 2020,
0: 2021.
1: Is this the last question? Yep. 2021.
0: one. Twenty twenty one. Those were quick hits, which I actually John, did John, did you like that?
1: I actually like, dude. I like that a lot, and I I think our listeners are gonna like that a lot too. That was fun. Awesome. That was good. We
0: are we are gonna we are gonna do more quick hits. Might not be an every week thing, but I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Took Tony new- and
1: I. I went on my bathroom break about thirty minutes ago. That took us a while to come up with people. So I hope you enjoyed that.
0: It was, it was excellent stuff. All right, we're going to keep moving here. Uh, it's about that time that we bring up some White Sox Twitter activity that happened over the past few days. Um, this all started with Lucas Giolito. Now, Lucas Giolito threw what was probably the worst curveball that anybody has ever seen. <laughs> and John went on Twitter and said that he could have hit that ball out of the ballpark. Can you have uh, no, I'm I'm not even gonna go there and say that I could have hit that. Uh, the curve was definitely something that I had trouble with. I did uh, too. I'm not had even gonna lie. But with... if I knew
1: it was coming and I like, dude, that pitch was a fucking lollipop.
0: If the ball floated in like a beach ball, I could have hit it. But anything that had more than like a six inch break, man, I was just, I was kind of just close my eyes and swing and hope I hit it. Uh, I, I was not very good at taking those pitches either. Um, speaking of taking pitches, we're going to get there. Uh, but John took to Twitter and said that he could hit that pitch out of the ballpark. Uh, and the, the, the Twitter sphere kind of went kaboom. And it looks like we're going to have a home run derby one of these days.
1: We are. So I want to fully disclose a couple of things. I want to apologize to section 108 and I want to apologize personally to Jordan Lazowski for being a prima donna and being a little asshole because I was salty about other stuff in my personal life and I let my Twitter fingers handle the business. So, but I'm still sticking by the side of saying like I could do very well in a White Sox Twitter home run derby and could possibly win it. I know how about launching on baseballs. I know if I had the right pitcher, like I'm sending baseballs out of the park. We already talked about this, Tony. I was a power hitter growing up. Um, As far as trouble with the curve goes, I did have trouble with the curve growing up. I still remember vividly the very last at bat that I ever had playing baseball competitively. It was in like a uh, summer league game for my high school And there was a kid that was a year younger than me, actually. But he plays at the University of Memphis. So it's kind of a humble brag, but also I still suck. I worked into a full count. Um, He threw a knuckle curve. He was pretty known for throwing a knuckle curve. And he fucking wiped me out, dude. (laughs) And I I just, I'm not very good at hitting breaking pitches, it's not my forte. But if I'm sitting there knowing that Lucas Giolito is going to pipe a 74 mile per hour fucking lollipop curveball right down the middle, I'm sending it, dude. No doubt. Well, that looked like it looked like an underhand pitch. It did. Well, Live TV. It looked like an underhand pitch. That's how well, sad. it is.
0: I I personally did not see the pitch in question. Dude, um, I
1: have to find you a video, dude. It was so I'll look it up. I Here's did not see the-,
0: the I did not see the pitch, but I did hear from outside sources that are not involved in White Sox Twitter uh, that Shy Sox Janda actually used to mash baseballs back in like 5th grade uh, and was a cleanup hitter. Um, Easily. I'm, I'm not kidding. I have sources that said Shy Sox Jonda was probably the best hitter on his Little League team.
1: Uh, Wait, who told you that?
0: Uh, I'm going to give a shout out. I'm going to give a shout out. Uh, Andrew Burton.
1: Did he really uh, say that?
0: Andrew Burton, uh, my former intern uh, at work, great friend of mine, big fan of the show. Uh, That's actually, the kid
1: who used to mash fucking baseballs, dude. Actually, shout out uh, you, Burton. Thank it's, you. It's
0: it's kind of funny, and and the listeners don't know who Andrew is. Andrew was a intern at my actual at my actual job. Uh, I've known him for about two years. Uh, very good kid. He actually knew John growing up, uh, and John and I did not meet through Andrew. Uh, he kind of figured out that we were doing a podcast together and came to me at work and or over text messages like, dude, I know your partner. Like, I grew up playing baseball with this guy. Yeah, we played uh,
1: all-stars together.
0: So, yeah, uh, Andrew Burton, uh, he gave me a little uh, inside in- information into, you know, you. This is actually before – all this Twitter stuff happened, but he he told me that you used to mash baseballs you were he was actually quite shocked that you're not still playing baseball um, so for the listeners out there i have I have confirmed that that john John can hit the home run, so moving on a little bit here, we are thinking about hosting a white sox Twitter home run derby uh It's probably not going to be this year. Uh, just due to lack of lack of time available to schedule this. But uh, probably going to be sometime in the spring, early summer next year, uh, and we'll see what we can put together. But uh, I'd like to see John and some of these other guys in White Sox Twitter go out and uh, hit some baseballs.
1: And I would love to do it. And if any of these guys wanted to maybe throw a little money down, maybe donate it to a charity of choice, you know, I'm 100% for the cause. We could definitely get behind this and make this an actual thing, people. And it might not even be all competitive, like, all that. We could just do it for fun and just, you know, everybody would love to see it. So I'm yeah, all for it. I mean, it. We, could,
0: we could see how many guys out there from White Sox Twitter we can get out there hitting baseballs for huh. a day, drink some beers, uh, Maybe respond to i On the, record. On the can- record,
1: I will hit more home runs than Kenwell. Ooh. Don't edit it out.
0: You I won't. won't. You won't. Kenwell, Jada's coming for you. Uh, anybody else I don't you hate you can beat? I don't hate you. No, I we would... don't hate Kenwell here. We, don't we hate do not you. hate Kenwell.
1: I do think I could hit more home runs than you, though. I know you're very prolific about your hitting, and I, I could send more balls out of the ballpark. That's all I'm saying.
0: He's not backing down. I give John that. He's not backing down on this. Now, I would like to see one of the guys in the 108 step up for this competition. You have to. I would like to see Chirizzi in this competition. The youngest? Yes. I would like to see Chirizzi with the bat. I want to see him out there and see how many dicks he can hit. See, I
1: like all of them. I would love to see My Sox Summer. I feel like he's a lefty too. Like, just, I'm just randomly saying that. My Sox Summer tweeted us whenever you hear that exact line, and let me know if you're a a southpaw or a righty. But I feel like him with the lefty bat, little Jim Tome in him, I feel like he could send some, dude.
0: I'm pretty sure that with the amount of PEDs that Charizzi's taking, oh, that's true. He could. He's an outside, you know, shot to win this competition. I wouldn't mind seeing Wally Money hitting some baseballs either. Um, Oh,
1: shit, I forgot about Wally for a second there. And how could you? I mean, Wally – yeah, Wally could go right up there with My Sox summer. We should get them both in the fucking Home Run Derby. We should get all the 108. I mean, I would love to see Beef Love, Tracy, and all of them swing a baseball bet. That would be great. Who wouldn't want to see their favorite bloggers or drunken bloggers or podcasters for the White Sox actually do what they talk about the White Sox doing, which is swinging a baseball bet?
0: Now, Joe – from Sox on 35th has gone on record and said that he is going to destroy you.
1: Destroy you. Can we get the GoFundMe going for his plane ticket out here now so that we can get him for this home run derby? So
0: Joe says that he was going to fly into Chicago for this event. We should start fund me for Joe. Maybe do a little donation over there. Maybe if the One Awake guys win one of these split-the-pots, they can send some money over to Joe for him to fly back into Chicago for this. Uh, but we need to get Joe into Chicago because we're not doing this without Joe. We've actually had a few other people on Twitter jump in and say that they're going to do this. I'd like to get uh, Jake Trojan out there, maybe his dad. Uh, and the 50-and-over team. I'd like to see that so in this to, competition. So what I
1: was thinking to
0: kind of keep
1: the you know guest appearances down was the stipulation should have been you have to at least contribute like a blog or a podcast or something for White Sox Twitter. Because if we just put it out for all of White Sox Twitter, we'll have like 100 people out there for a fucking home run derby, dude. And that hey, would be too much. We could
0: be doing this all day. We could, uh, we could take it, up two it, fields, run it round robin. Yeah, you could do,
1: like, a fan section or, like, a blog or podcast. But that's, like, that's bleeding into it, dude. I would more so them come out, be fans, and watch the event. You know, we'll stream the event. Whatever we have to do, we'll periscope it. But I'm actually 100% on board with it. I also wanted to state – I don't remember if I stated it earlier because I am inebriated now. I was not drunk yesterday. They were like, oh, the cocktails must have been strong. I was tweeting all that fully sober. So, I had it drink in a couple of days because I was actually really sick, and I don't know if you guys can hear my voice, but I'm just getting over this like we almost nasty had to, throat sickness. We almost
0: had to put John in the DL this week again for the not second going. time this year. Day to he day. Didn't, we did not go down uh we had the discussion on tuesday i called john up i said john are we doing a podcast this week he said i'm a little sick we're gonna work through it i wanted to record on sunday monday tuesday i think it was it was monday that
1: you were like really itching to record like
0: we need to record i'm glad
1: Uh, we waited until today though because we got that whole twitter interaction with the whole run derby thing to be able to talk about so i'm honestly glad we waited it ended up working out but if we're we gonna work could, on putting this
0: together, we are absolutely gonna work on. this If you this recorded together.
1: on Monday, I would have sounded like this, and then just that shit just would have sucked, dude. It wouldn't have been up on time.
0: All right, now that we've got your nasally voice out of the way, uh, we're gonna work on putting this together. Um, Socks on thirty fifth. Please reach out. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and work with you guys on this. Uh, one away, guys. Reach out. Uh, we'll try and put that together as well. Uh, like I said, we'd like to try and get that in. Probably sometime early spring, summer. Uh I'd really like to see a, a Sox Mafia uh Johnny Nani tailgate going on. Uh little pregame stuff going on before that. Maybe they could bring the boom box. Uh maybe we can get a guy out here drinking a, a beer out of his prosthetic leg. Uh and it'd be a good be a good time.
1: That would be an awesome time.
0: Um, so speaking of things that happened in White Sox Twitter, John, we sent out a few tweets that uh Got a little reaction out of some people.
1: Yeah, we sure did, Tony. Um, we are not currently members of the White Sox Twitter power rankings. No, It not. went from 10 people to 15 people over the and past time. we still time, didn't make it. And we didn't make it. We did not make the cut. Uh, I just want to point out that over the last uh, month, I myself have put out a tweet that has had over 150 likes. Tony has put out a tweet that has had over 100 likes. And the podcast Twitter itself has put out two separate tweets that have had over 100 likes. So we're getting the interaction. We've put out big followings. And what Tony and I didn't really understand about this was the 108 guys that are putting out the power rankings. They have some sort of intern guy. Doing this, it's not the actual 108 guys, and this guy like apparently didn't even know who Tony and I were.
0: We're talking to you, Mister Rosen.
1: Mister Rosen, yes, and so, it's not. We're not like we're not. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I mean, apparently Tony and I weren't doing enough for you to notice us. So I, I'm glad that you noticed us now, and I hope we can be in the next power rankings.
0: So we've stepped up our game. We realize we're new here, new kids on the block, but I love this. we're t- going. We're going for the Rookie of the Year in White Sox Twitter. And that's what we want. We are going to keep grinding. We're going to keep working hard. Uh, we're going to keep putting out good content for you. And we hope to continue to grow. Uh, this is where we, we, we really don't ask a lot from our listeners and our followers. But uh, we we have had some people pushing our content. If you like what we're doing... Continue to share this throughout the White Sox community. Continue to spread the, our name. We really appreciate it. Uh, we've actually started to interact with some of these uh, people out there in White Sox Twitter on a regular basis. I want to give a few shout-outs. Uh, White Sox Sale, uh, big fan of the show. Uh, we love talking to you. We love interacting with you. Uh, cheers to White Sox Sale. We hope um, you
1: enter the contest, man. We, we hope, hope you we enter have the contest. every chance to be that guest, that guest speaker, dude. I don't know what we're gonna call it. I want to call it a guest, like uh, a listener guest, like a. Uh, I don't know what to call it, so we'll figure out an actual name for it. A fan guest. I don't know. I could ramble on forever and try and think of a probable term yeah, for but, it, but.
0: But Sal said some very kind words on on Twitter uh, about the White Sox season uh, being so terrible. But listening to Shy Sox Weekly and, and following the Sunday soaks that the 108 guys are doing uh, has made this season enjoyable for him. And that's why we're here. We, we want to talk White Sox baseball with you. We want to enjoy a few beers. We want to, you know, just continue to discuss our favorite team. And that's what this is all about for John and I. We're not, as of right now, we're not making any money off of this. This is time out of our day, out of minimum Minimal of money. We stuff. got
1: the t-shirts. We got the t-shirts and yes. work.
0: Uh, th- News on that, actually, uh, there will be t shirts for sale very, very soon. We're uh, working out uh, some final details on how we're going to be selling them. We've, we've got. Gotten- we're
1: probably going to be selling them through our sponsor, or not a sponsor, but who we blog for, which is going to be Chicago Sports Nation and Wagner Enterprises. They opened up a shop, so we're going to probably put our t shirts on the market there so that our fans have a chance to buy our apparel. While me and Tony figure out everything else.
0: Yep. So we're we're very close uh, to getting shirts on sale. Uh, we're just I trying to strike sure. the right
1: deal, people.
0: Yeah, we're trying to we're we're doing some business. Uh, but yes, our shirts should be available very soon. Uh, we're gonna work on a few extra designs as well. Uh, the ones that you saw John and I wearing, uh, the other day and uh, at the at the game, and uh, there was actually, actually John put out it right a tweet now. about. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get those on sale for you guys. Uh, we, hope that, uh, we hope that we get a few buys on those, and we're going to come out with a few other ones. But, um, like I said, uh, White Sox Sale put out some very kind words uh, to us, and we, we appreciate that. We, we do see the feedback that we get, and uh, it's, it's, very, it's very touching to us to see that we're at least making somebody happy if if it's just sale that's great but uh we hope we're, we're hoping we're, uh giving you guys some entertainment uh every week here
1: yeah and aside from the t-shirts uh tony and i have actually been talking off the record obviously about you know we've we're kind of vocal about it that we don't do these recordings together um, we're we're pretty close to coming to a situation where Tony and I are actually going to be able to be in the same room, you know, maybe give you a little video input of what we're doing. Uh, we're trying to work on all that real soon. We're trying to get our schedules to align, obviously with the White Sox schedule to align with it as well. So it might not yep. be this year, but obviously in the future. We're gonna be there, on that same level where we're gonna be kind of recording from the same way. There's gonna be no awkward pauses, you know. We're it might, going to be, a, to it might be a
0: live Periscope. It might be a it, live Periscope. It um, might be,
1: and we might. Well, we might be able. We might Periscope, you know, clips and bits of our pod for the viewers live. But you know, you're still gonna have to come check us out on iTunes or whatever to get the whole 100% Shy Socks Weekly juiciness that you're all looking for. You know.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Let's head back and circle down on some thoughts about the White Sox as we kind of head into the last little bit of the podcast. Probably going to go another 20 minutes for you guys tonight. Let's take a look at what's in front of us for the rest of this White Sox season. Um, We did talk about September call-ups. This is not really going to be too much about Eloy and Kopech, the first thing I want to talk about is what do we want to see out of Yon Mancada for the rest of the year?
1: We just want to see slight improvement. I mean, you can't you're, You could sit there and say, oh, I want to see him hit fucking 350 with eight home runs and 30 RBIs until year's end, but that's just big dreaming. you know. All I want to see is him not slump as hard as he's slumping right now and move forward into a leadership-type role next season. That's all I want to see, is to well, see him become more vocal, to see him not be the kid on the team anymore. And they're going to have to start calling people that are like younger and more fragile than him up for that to happen. He's going to have to kind of have to have that seniority over Eloy Jimenez, over Michael Kopech, over anybody else that they call up from this point that hasn't had any service time period, you know? He's seen guys like Palka come up and Ryan Lamar come up, and I'm sure he feels some sort of seniority over them.
0: Those guys are a little bit older than him, but I don't think those are typically the guys that he's mentoring. Even
1: if someone – like we were talking about our jobs earlier – if someone comes in and you have to train them to do their job or whatever it may be, or you have to explain to them how to do something, do you care if they're older or younger than you? No. It matters no. where they are in position of the work that you're doing.
0: Exactly. And Yone should take a leadership role on this team. and And that's kind of what I want to see out of him as well is, is he going to lead the new guys? Is he going to take Eloy under his wing? Is he going to take... Uh, you know, Nick Magical under his wing when Nick eventually makes it? Is he going to take some of these other guys like Basabe underneath his wing and, and develop them and kind of be that leader? Right now, that guy's Jose Abreu. And we don't know if Jose's going to be here long-term, obviously, still. But is is Yon the right guy for that right now? We just had an interview with, with Yon earlier this week. And he says he knows that he's in a funk right now. He knows that he needs to be more aggressive. I'm wondering if Yon's gonna be that guy that kinda islands himself out because he needs a little bit more, you know he needs a little bit more help himself rather than to be helping other people. Uh I don't think that you really want to see that from Yon though. You want him to be the centerpiece of this rebuild he was the centerpiece of the Chris Sale deal he was a number one prospect you want to see him be that leader uh right now is actually the best time for him to struggle and I think Ricky Renteria actually came out and said that he loves the fact that that Yone is struggling right now because this is a really no pressure situation for him if let's let's flip this on its head a little bit if Yone goes into this year and just absolutely pounds the baseball, doesn't strike out 200 times, uh, hits a 280, to 320, somewhere in there, and then next year goes into a somewhat competing year and all of a sudden has a massive sophomore slump. I feel like that would raise more flags than him struggling right out of the gate. There's plenty of precedence for either scenario, but... I would rather see him gradually take those steps up rather than a guy like, let's look at Cody Bellinger this year. He came out of the gate as a rookie, just absolutely destroying the baseball. Looked like the next Babe Ruth, how many home runs he was hitting last year. Just knocking the cover off the baseball. And this year, Cody Bellinger comes out and struggles right out of the gate. I mean, right now he's hitting two forty four with 18 home runs. Last year, by comparison... uh. Last year, the guy hit 39 home runs with 97 RBIs. I mean, right now he's sitting at 18. I don't think he makes it close to 40 this year. You don't want to see that out of him. Uh, I mean, the guy was a rookie of the year candidate, and now this year, I mean, not looking so good. Granted, Bellinger's only 22, and he's got time to turn it around. That sophomore slump has obviously been a thing for him. You want to see these prospects develop up. You don't want to see them take steps back. So I would be more concerned with a guy like Cody Bellinger who, you know, drops 20 points in his batting average, hits, you know, a third less of the amount of home runs that he hit the year before. His OPS is down 200 points. I mean, you want to see Yon develop and take those steps. This is kind of a good thing. if If you really take a step back, here's the bottom floor. How, how, how much higher can he go? You, you don't expect Yon Moncada to come out next year and have as bad a year. If he does, okay, now we can start talking about what's wrong with him. Should we send him down? Is there more time for that he needs to develop outside of the major leagues? But as of right now, he, he's just developing. And in a non-competing year, you can't really get too bent out of shape about him watching the zone. Uh, one of the things that I put out on Twitter the other day uh, was actually a tweet uh, from a strike zone tracker uh, on one of his called third strikes. And the ball was literally just off the corner uh, on the lower half of the plate. And it was a ball. It should have been ball three. The umpire called it a strike. And... What I said in my tweet was Yon Mancada has one of the best eyes in baseball. I would actually argue that it is the best eye. Now, if he has a better eye than the umpire, he needs to actually take a step back and know how that umpire is calling the game. He needs to maybe take a little bit more interest into... Yes, I know this is going to be a ball, but how is the umpire going to call it? It's almost as if his eye is too good for the game of baseball. We don't have robot umpires. I don't like the idea of robot umpires. I could go on about this all day. But what Yo needs to do is realize that when he has two strikes on him, if he is smart enough to know that that pitch is a ball and it's close – Follow it off. Do something with that pitch other than watch it and rely on another human being to make the right call. If you're going to sit there and rely on other people in life to do the right thing, you're going to get burned. How many times has Yon oh, shit, taken a ball and relied on another human being to award him that? He needs to get a little bit more aggressive. He needs to dig in and know... I can't trust that umpire to be doing his job right. I need to do it right myself. I need to foul that pitch off and take another one. Now, on the contrast, if that ball is way off the plate, then you take your walk. But if his eye is developed enough at this point in time to identify that a pitch is going to be three inches off the zone, he needs to be smart enough to know that that three inches off the zone is something that he needs to do something with rather than just rely on somebody else to make that call for him because he's going to get burned. That strike zone expands. Umpires make mistakes. That's part of the game of baseball. If you don't like that, you shouldn't be watching the game. You need to realize that umpires are human. They're going to make mistakes. Their strike zone isn't perfect. You have to adapt. You have to make the adjustment and you need to do something with that pitch. Don't sit on it. That's what I have to say about Yon Mankata. <laughs>
1: I love that you explained that tweet that you only got 160 characters for, like, like enough, because I, I got the idea of what you were trying to say, but I needed a little bit more of a background on it, and I'm glad that you got to explain it. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up before we kind of closed it out, because we're getting pretty close to that hour... Uh, We want to, first of all, apologize for not bringing a guest to you guys this week and not really even announcing that we weren't having a guest. We kind of just flowed into the episode. Big burp, sorry. Uh, We were going to have Clinton Cole on this week. He ended up having to cancel because he had some stuff going on with work. So we are probably going to have him on hopefully before the end of the year. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. Next week we hope to bring you a guest, and then the week following is when we're going to hope to run out our contest episode where we have our fan listener as our guest. That's what we're going to call it. The fan listener is our guest. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about real quick before we let everybody go, Tony, the White Sox next sixteen games. That's a big number, Tony. That's sixteen, a real big number. What's what? What's so important about the White Sox next sixteen games, Tony?
0: Are they all at home?
1: Nope. What did they're we talk about, about earlier? They're
0: in, the, they're in the division. They are division. They are games.
1: all interdivision games. There you go. It didn't even take you long. I'm proud of you. The White I just Sox went out next rant, sixteen so I'm, I'm games. I'm coming down. No, you're fine. You're fine. The White Sox next sixteen games. Only three of them are against Cleveland. The next 13 following are within Detroit, Kansas City, and Minnesota, sporadically spread out. It's all – I, I don't know why the fuck I just said that because that's what sporadically means. They are sporadically placed Sporadically throughout the spread out. Yeah, that might be my new – well, it's just printed on a T-shirt with my name or with my face on it, just sporadically spread out under it. But – The White Sox are playing 16 consecutive games in their division, and if there is any stretch of the season where they need to show you guys something or us something, it is right now. I don't care who's on the roster. I don't care what it is. Beat the teams in your division. There's not many of them away. All the games against Detroit are away, but other than that, you have all these games are at home. You have the Kansas City Series at home you have the cleveland series at home and you have the minnesota series at home you have that one game in minnesota because of the rain out but other than that you have all these you have all these home games we need you guys to get out to the ballpark i don't care how meaningless these games are right now moving forward these games are very important you need to establish that that alpha male type situation now we need to take control of the division while we still can we need i mean we're going to be the runner up to cleveland obviously but we need to be able to be in that hunt. Come next year. Come the following years. Come years following that. I'm drunk. Sorry, Tony.
0: No, you're good, John. I I actually have I tried now to make a flipped. Good point. I have. You did make a good point, and I have now kind of flipped my stance a little bit about Eloy Jimenez.
1: You would love to see him right I now. I would love starting to see him for all right those now. Games
0: play against this division because as I talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast, um, I think now is a really good opportunity for the White Sox to maybe try and open that window a little bit early. Not go full in. Let's not go full in. Let's see what these kids can do before we maybe make a huge splash, but let's see what Kopech, Moncada, Eloy –
1: we made Tony a believer, people. It only took us an hour. Hey, but he's no, on no. our
0: side now. Let, let me, let me see, let me see them next year. A little taste, a little taste. That's all you need, Try right? and compete, but if we're gonna do that, you're right, John. Let's see what they can do against these divisional opponents. Maybe get them some, get them some games up against Corey Kluber's and who's uh, our
1: second to last series of Jose this year. Barrios. Pretty sure it's a pretty important series, Tony. We only the get the Cubs. Exactly. Who would you love to see in the lineup, starting pitching and in left field for one of those? You're giving days?
0: me absolute goosebumps chills. right now. You, like I've so got, you got the chills. To, you got to be the on if our you side. You don't have with the chills.
1: This. We have so much. Like the, the the heart of the season hasn't even happened yet. We knew it was a wash from the get go.
0: So this is the have, heart of the season. If you don't have the chills thinking about. Hawk Harrelson's last game that he's gonna broadcast, and the chance that Eloy Jimenez can hit a walk-off home run against the Chicago Cubs, and Hawk Harrelson just absolutely dies in the booth. Just actually, explode. that would be Hawk a good. Harrelson. That would probably
1: be how he wants to go out. But he, let's he hope gone forever on, that that's
0: not how that happens. He has gone on record saying he wants to die in the booth. Yeah. I I don't want Hawk Harrelson to die. I want Hawk Harrelson to call that game winner. I want to explode with joy thinking about the things to come for this White Sox team. I want to just get absolute chills again watching it happen in real life. Get Eloy up here. Let's check those boxes. Let's get it rolling.
1: All right, competing. everybody. That being said, uh, we had a great week with you guys. Like we said earlier, for that contest, we are going to put out a couple graphics. We're going to put out a couple stipulations from our Twitter. That Twitter will be at Shy Sox Weekly, all one word. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, which you are already listening to, but you might be listening to it through our Twitter or whatever you're doing, you have to go to iTunes, Google Play, whatever, Shy Sox Weekly, all one word, just like the Twitter we keep it simple for you guys because we're some simple dudes. We're just trying to have a good time, trying to get one of you guys to come in here and bullshit with us one of these weeks. Like I said, there's not many more weeks. I mean Tony and I were probably going to put out maybe four or five, six more episodes before the offseason hits. And then we're going to put out a couple, like we talked about it last week, we're going to do a little bit of offseason stuff. We're going to do the winter meetings. Tony and I obviously are pretty close at this point where we communicate on a daily basis, so... We will keep you guys in the loop, and we're going to try and put out as much content as we possibly can for you guys.
0: Yeah, we've probably, like you said, got about uh, six to seven more actual regular season episodes. I know that the Sox are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think we all do at this point in time. Uh, we will drop a few episodes throughout the playoffs, kind of keep you guys up to date on on what's going on there, kind of our thoughts. Uh, the Sox season is, is coming to a close here. I mean, we're on the tail end of things. Uh, September is probably going to be the funnest month of White Sox baseball, uh, just because of the September call-ups, because we have the chance to play some spoilers, because we're going to be playing the Cubs late in the year, uh, enjoy Hawk Harrelson in the booth for the last few times. Some people are going to say, uh, this is the best thing that ever happened. Other people are going to be reminiscing on the past, you know, their entire White Sox fandom, uh, of, of listening to Hawk in the booth. Uh, other people are going to be extremely sad uh, that Hawk is leaving. But uh, cherish those. You might not get too many more. You can put it on the boards and he gone. Uh, so just you know, take the opportunity uh, on Sundays to listen to him uh, and get out to the ballpark. Uh, as, as Johnny over on Saxon 35th says, get out to the ballpark. It's not going to be very long before it's fall. Everybody's going to be getting ready for football season and, except for myself. I already
1: am. I already am. I know John's already ready for football season. I'm watching preseason highlights on my TV right now. Baker Mayfield had quite the day. 30 seconds that we don't talk about the White Sox took us this long. But, yes, Baker Mayfield had an incredible preseason debut.
0: I do not know who Baker Mayfield is. I'm assuming he plays for the Bears.
1: No, Um, he
0: does Oh, my God.
1: Don't edit that out, please. I hope somebody calls you out on Twitter for that.
0: I'm not going to even try and pretend that I know anything about football. You won the uh, I Heisman Trophy. I don't know anything about football. I don't follow college football at all. Um, I'm ready for hockey season. Go Uh cats. And I'm just gonna drop this out here right now. Uh, yeah, the let Wegran them know. Wegren Enterprises. Wegren Enterprises. Shy uh, Sports Nation, the, the site that John and I work for. Uh, I also do a little work over there for the, for the Black Hawk section. Uh, we're going to be dropping a podcast in September. Um, it's going to include a name of somebody that you all may know. It's myself and Johnny Nani from Sox on 35th uh, are going to be partnering up with uh, two other guys that work over at Wegren, uh, a guy by the name of Ron. You may see him on Twitter, Ron Lucy. Uh, that guy's got some awesome Hawks articles that he's putting out. Uh, and then uh, Tyler Jones uh, is another writer that's going to be over there. And uh, we are going to be doing a podcast on the Blackhawks. So you guys can if, – if you're big Hawks guys uh, or big Hawks gals at, at that rate – uh and want to listen to some hawks coverage uh johnny and i are going to be bringing that to you uh we're in the early planning phases of, of everything that's going on uh but uh that's going to continue throughout the offseason as well and then like i said john john and i are going to have some off season content too so uh just a little bit of news on what's going on over at the mothership and uh what's going on here <laughs> with john and
1: i Also, a little side note, um, I will be at the Northwestern and Purdue football game. I'm going to be covering that for Deep Dish West Lafayette, which is a site ran by Clinton Cole, one of our reoccurring guests. Um, I'm going to have press pass, so I'm going to be able to talk to the Northwestern players and whatnot. You guys know that I'm a huge Northwestern guy, so that's going to be a pretty big deal for me. So I will be uploading videos to my Twitter. I I mean, I know there's a couple people. Dude, I put out a tweet about Northwestern. You got like 30 likes. So I know there's a couple people out there that maybe White Sox and Northwestern guys, you are my spirit animals, White Sox Dave being one of those, a White Sox and Northwestern guy. So I'm going to put out, like, locker room interviews, videos, whatever I can do on my Twitter for you guys when that time comes. But other than that, I was trying to hold that burp in, dude. I would try my hardest. It's all White Sox succeed. until that, baby. I did not. You know, I'm a, I am got a 40, 80-grade burp right there. Couldn't hold it
0: in. Uh, oh well, but that's uh, yeah. Give John, give John the follows over on his Northwestern coverage. Uh, he's very excited about that. I think John's a bigger Northwestern fan than he is White Sox fan. I don't know if anybody knows that about John, but uh, I, I always perfectly. tell him, I, I always tell him he needs to tweet more baseball. Uh, and that's what this podcast is about: White Sox baseball. Until next week. Uh, we're gonna continue tweeting stuff. We're gonna continue to monitor what's going on uh, in the uh, in the little contest that we put out there for you guys to so start sending in uh, the the photos or the the screenshots of, of following the podcast and uh, and following the uh, podcast Twitter um, at Shy Sox Weekly. Like you said, uh, we're gonna monitor that. Uh, we'll be interacting with you. Uh, and don't be afraid to uh, ask us any questions you want answered on the next podcast. Uh, John, you got anything else you want to close it out with?
1: No, not at all. Um, we're at 11.08 p.m. It is about to be August 10th, and neither Michael Kopech or Eli Jimenez will be on the White Sox by the time this episode gets released. So I want to apologize one last time to our great loyal listeners, especially our loyal listeners that are, if they're hearing this part, they listen the whole episode. So shout out to you guys but i just really want to apologize those were all hunches i just felt like you know i looked at the schedule august 10th being this cleveland series that was why i said that i really thought that one of the one of them would have been called up for this stretch of interdivision opponents can't win them all i do still firmly believe that one or two of them will both be up by the end of the year so let's maybe not Implode on White Sox Twitter any more than we have been, but until next week, hopefully we'll have a guest for you guys. Let's go White Sox! Go White Sox! All right, guys, we'll see you soon.